0: and the angel left her. It is
1: amazing how the young woman Mary is fully obedient to the Lord, even though she doesn't fully understand
2: the implications of what is about to happen to her. We hold up Mary as a woman of strong faith. Her faith is strong not simply because she listens, but it is strong
1: because she accepts God's word, even when she doesn't fully understand it. Please bow your heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, you know that many times in our lives we hold back our faith because we cannot fully understand what is happening in our own lives. We ask this morning that you give us the boldness to step out and act, allowing you to guide us when the way is uncertain. Amen.
2: Well, humorist Dave Barry, I don't know if you read Dave Barry's columns, but humorist Dave Barry has some reflections on the Christmas season, and here's what he says. Once again, we find ourselves enmeshed in the holiday season, that very special time of the year when we join our loved ones in sharing centuries-old traditions, such as trying to find a parking space at the mall. We traditionally do this in my family by driving around the parking lot until we see a shopper emerge from the mall. Then we follow her in very much the same spirit as the three wise men who 2,000 years ago followed a star week after week until it led them to a parking space. <laughs> Honestly, this, this whole process of Advent for us begs the question, where have we parked? If you have already stated, and the words have come out of your mouth, I don't like the Christmas season then I'm guessing that maybe you're parked in the wrong space. I'm just saying. If you have found that, that while you're singing Joy to the World, you're cussing at cars on Peach Street, <laughs> you may be parked in the wrong space. If you find that you're already exhausted on December 12th, you may be parked in the wrong space. If you're filling up those credit cards, buying stuff that you can't afford because of the expectations you think people have and receiving gifts from you, I'm going to tell you you're parked in the wrong space. If you've taken those twinkle lights and you've thrown them across the room (laughs) because they didn't go out until the Christmas tree was fully decorated, and you excused your behavior by saying that you were casting out the demon of the lights... you may be parked in the wrong space. If you have the portraits of the Grinch and Scrooge on your office wall, chances are you're parked in the wrong space. This is Advent. It means arrival. It means coming. We celebrate Jesus the Christ in his first Advent. We anticipate Christ the King in his second Advent. We prepare our hearts now so that God with us can speak to us in this moment. And that is why we have started a conspiracy. For to hear him speak to us in this moment, we need to be parked in the right space. And to do that, we've started a conspiracy that we can do Christmas the right way. Where we rebel against the kingdom of more and the empire of excess. The empire of overspending. Welcome to the movement where we are going to worship fully. We're going to spend less. We're going to give more. We're going to love all. We're going to celebrate. Last week we talked about spending less. And I want to encourage you that if you weren't here last week, that you immediately this week go to our website, download the podcast, and listen. It'll take you about 40 minutes. Listen to it because I believe it will, with its principles and its scriptural truths, set you free to enjoy this Christmas season. And so this morning, in light of what we talked about last week, I want to tell you this, and I want to propose to you, that when we give more, we end up spending less. Spending less is not about giving up the opportunity to give to those people that you love. But it is about giving without manipulation of commercials, commercialism, consumerism, or by peer pressure. It is giving out of the heart, not out of imposed expectations. It is about the quality of expression and not the comparison of the dollars. And I know most of you in this place have already run this through your mind. As you're determining who to give and what to give, you're thinking, how much will they spend on me because I've got to equal that. You done that? I want to tell you this morning that this is not a season of exchange. This is a season of expression. I have a favorite Christmas movie, and it's not a very old one, but it's just a favorite one of mine. It's called Elf. Deep theological substance in Elf. So Buddy the Elf, who has worked in Santa's workshop all his life, finds out and figures out later, because of his size and because others are talking about him, that he's really not an Elf. And then his Papa tells him, Papa Elf tells him, that the reason he's, he's really... Not like the rest of them is because he's adopted. And so they determine where his father's located, and Buddy takes off on an adventure to find his real father. And in doing so, in going into New York City to find his father, he ends up in a department store, mistakenly identified as one of those paid costume people who works in Santa land in the, in the, in the winter wonderland of a department store. And at the moment that he is discovered and brought in to do what they think is his job, here's what happens.
1: Wow, what's this? This is the North Pole No, it's not Yes, it is No, it's not Yes, it is No, it isn't Yes, it is No, it isn't Yes, it is No, it's not Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile Smiling's my favorite Make work your favorite That's your favorite, okay? Okay Work is your new favorite Fine Time for an announcement Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Can you sign this for me? Oh, hi. Santa.
2: And I want you to capture this moment. I want you to catch the excitement. Santa! And I love it. I love it. He goes, Because I know him. I know Santa. I want us to park right here. This is the beginning of our parking space. It's not that we are excited because we know Santa. But the Christmas season brings us to a place that we can say, I know him whom Gabriel spoke about when he talked to Joseph about a baby being born. I know him. Here's what he said Matthew records it in Matthew 1, verse 21. She will bring, talking about Mary, a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus, meaning God saves. Because he will save his people from their sins. So watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel. Hebrew for God is with us. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary. But she did not consummate the marriage until she had had the baby. And he named the baby Jesus. God gives a gift. He labels the gift... Emmanuel meaning God with us. God's intention was that his gift would draw us closer to him. And we know that God is so pumped up about this gift that he is bringing that will draw us close to him that he sends an angelic choir to make the announcement that this gift has arrived that there'll be this good news of great joy that will be for all people. And the angels begin to sing it, and they are pumped because they know him. The excitement is this, that God gives us a gift of his presence. The best gifts that we can give are incarnational. In describing incarnation, the theologians like to use the term his imminence. If you want to know what imminence means, it's, it's that moment when you are looking for your glasses only to discover they're on top of your head. Ever done that? You're looking for the car keys and you're holding them in your hand. The word means nearness or within. It means that when you're looking for something, thinking that it's far away, it's closer than you think. That when they were trying to find this God, this creator, he was right there for God had given them a gift. It is imminence. Ten years ago, in a suburb of rochester new york peter lovenheim was out walking his dog he noticed down the street that there was a tv crew a tv truck parked and he couldn't figure out what they're doing in his nice little suburb what is so newsworthy only to discover that three houses down from him a doctor had killed his wife and committed suicide and the two children had escaped It shook the neighborhood for for a few days. A for sale sign went up. and, And weeks later, as Lovenheim is trying to work through how this could have happened in his neighborhood, how nobody could have known, how there could have been such distress and nobody in the neighborhood could have picked up on it, how this could have happened, and how, even after it happened, it didn't seem to change the neighborhood, how this could have happened. So Lovenheim decided to do something Drastic, which is chronicled in a book he wrote called In the Neighborhood. And here's what he did. He called up his neighbors one by one and asked for a sleepover. He said, can I come over and stay at your house overnight? Determining that if he went and spent the evening with them and spent the night in their house and then had breakfast with them in the morning, he would begin to discover who these people are. He moved in. Is that not what God did? And the reason the followers of Jesus declared it was good news is not only did he move in, but he remained. Author Arthur Hirsch, Alan Hirsch, says it this way, that he moved into our neighborhood in an act of humble love, the likes of which the world has never known. For that movement, that gift of God made him more tangible, more approachable, more comprehensible. And that, my friends, is the way to give a gift. For Paul the Apostle described it this way to the church in Colossae, Colossians 1. He said, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and a supreme over all creation. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. I want you to catch that. He made peace with what? Everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This God, whom the nation had only known and the world had only known through a cloud and a pillar and and, and movements on the earth, suddenly this God has a face, He has a voice. He lives with real people. We in America have community, but it's really pseudo community. We have Facebook and we have Twitter and we have texting. And we're, and we're thankful for those connections because we can connect with people we wouldn't have been connected with before. But there's nothing like flesh and blood. When Pam and Barb's mom died this week on Friday morning, Pam posted it on on Facebook and immediately there was just this enormous response and we are so thankful for the love expressed in those those comments that just keep coming. And it's wonderful that Facebook would do that and and, and we've got those messages and they're wonderful, But, but there were those moments as I talked with Pam that I just knew that that if she could have just grabbed some of those people who were on Facebook and pulled them into her, our living room and just sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk, uh, she Skyped with a friend in Kyrgyzstan who, who communicated, and they, and they talked about it. And I know just if Pam could have reached over and grabbed Sarah and pulled her through the screen and said, sit with me and talk with me, it would have been so much better because we are made to be with each other. We are made for imminence. Our gifts should have eminence, time together. Our gifts should be incarnational. It comes from two words. "incarnate," in flesh. So here's what I want to propose to you. That as you're giving gifts, that we follow the example of Jesus Christ. God didn't heap on a whole bunch of stuff that took us forever to open. He gave us one gift, but that gift had eminence. That gift had incarnation. That it drew us close to him. Can I encourage you that as you are preparing to give gifts this season, that you make them incarnational? So, mister, your dad's getting up in years, and you you know the coffee he likes, and you're going to get him some coffee, and you may get a mug to go with it. Well, that's great because, you know, he's, he's, he's older in years and what can you get him? And, and so, and everything you, used to, you get him, he, he seems to take back, but you know he likes the coffee, so you get him the coffee and the mug. Make it incarnational. Say to your dad, Dad, this is for you. But you can only drink this coffee and use this mug when you and I are together because every time you drink this, I want to be with you because I want to talk about your life. I want to talk about... I want you to tell me the stories of your childhood. I want to talk about my kids, your grandkids. I want to talk about us together. I want us to be together. So you can't drink this unless I'm with you. And if you do, it's cursed. It will be bitter. So you're going to buy that Wii game for your kids. Jim Renner, look out, buddy. Instead of just giving them the Wii game, you need to make it incarnational. You need to say, here you go, and here are the games and the bowling and the golf and the guitar and and the nunchucks and all that stuff, but but here's the deal. Every Saturday at 11 o'clock, it's the whole family together and we have to play for an hour and then we have lunch together. Make it incarnational. So Pam and I have a daughter that's in South Africa. She's married and, and they've given us a Christmas gift already and you need to understand that Christmas gifts trying to be sent back and forth from Africa to here are incredibly expensive and not worth the price to ship something. So what they have done is, because of their business and their travel, they said, here's our gift to you. Our gift to you is that we need to be together. So they said, we pooled our airline miles, and we're going to give you a free ticket to Africa. Yeah. And Pam said, I'm taking it. And I said, wait. I got to go. So our gift to her is that we're going to scrounge together the dollars, and I'm going to get a ticket, and we're both going to go. See, that's incarnation together. God said, there's a baby in a manger, it's my gift to you, open the package, it's me, now let's get to know each other. The gifts need to be that of eminence. You don't have to give so many, but they've got to be incarnational. In addition to that, I want to encourage you today to replace disposable with personal. All of us have gotten those gifts in the past that just shout out to us from the person giving, I really haven't thought about you much all year, but now I have to think about you, so I got this thing for you, so here's a 50-pound bag of chocolate mints. It just, and it's just, I had to go through the motions, and so here you go, and I don't care about your life, but I had to give this to you anyhow, here. Here. And what confuses you is that's the 50-pound bag of mints you gave them last year. They just re-gifted. When God shows up, he didn't come this way.
1: Hey, it's your neighbors, Jim and Joina Sanders! Hey, who are we can? We live in a totally different neighborhood. Yeah,
2: or they won't even open the doors for us anymore. That's either. right,
1: that's right. But these guys live in your neighborhood, yeah. Dwayne and Darla. Hi! Hey,
0: we thought we'd come on by and sing some Yule Tidings, what do you say? Whoa, whoa, hey, hey, oh, back up God. the sled, Rudolph.
2: You haven't even heard our first cruddle doodly-doo yet, all right? Oh. We want to invite you to a Christmas Eve service where the theme of the night is if your hellbound soul is nervous... Come to our Christmas Eve service! <laughs> Dwayne, one, two, three!
1: Hark of the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, please come our way. Christmas Eve night, candles lit bright. Oh, can it be a live nativity? nativity? Please, please know it's free, there is no cost. You need to come, come, because you're lost. He is reason for the season. season, and we know that we you're a heathen. heathen! Hey, neighbor. Tried the front door, nobody answered, so thought we'd give the old garage door a try, and there you are! It's my church friend, Brother Jim.
2: Hey, Dwayne's neighbor. Merry Christmas. Hey, I noticed that you didn't have an nativity set within like ten feet of your front door, which is a dead giveaway of your atheism. So what I thought we'd do is just give you a little bit of seasonal sanctification, huh? Whoa, whoa, whoa hey, hey,
1: hey! Won't you join us on Christmas Eve to make up for your evil deeds? Got the candles here. Whoa, whoops! of Jiminy Christmas. Sorry about that. Sir, I wanna buy these shoes for my mama, please. What kind of person closes the door on mama's shoes? You, you should, should stop, stop your sin, your sin and, and folly. folly. No,
0: ma'am.
2: Oh, hey, hey, do I know neighbor? Hold on, right there. Hey, I think we got up on the wrong foot. We have one more little ditty for you that I think you're gonna love. Hit it. Jingle bells, jingle bells, here
1: are jingle bells. Join us for this Christmas Eve, or you'll go straight to.
2: <laughs> so when Jesus showed up, he didn't come not knowing who you were. He didn't say, I'm not from your neighborhood, but I got to tell you some bad news. He didn't come to condemn or to criticize. He knew us personally. He knew what we needed. It was the first group that got the word of the gift. These were shepherds, Shepherds who everyone knew were the bottom rung of value within the society. Nobody wanted them. They were so unclean that they never got to go to the temple to worship. So they never got to worship. But when... The news came of the gift. It came to them first, and God said, I find you of such value that I want you to be the first to receive the gift. You go there, and in addition to that, I will give you the experience of a worship service none like has ever been seen since the time that the Shekinah glory of God filled the temple. Because he understood them personally. He understood what they needed was acceptance and worship. And he gave that to them. God gives personal gifts. The angel said in Luke 2, 11, today in the city of David, a liberator has been born to who? You. He is a promised liberating king, the supreme authority. A savior, a liberator, has been born to you. God says, I'm giving you specifically what you need because I know what you need because I know you Intimately. So as we approach this Christmas season, may I encourage you to give personally? So a father was picking out gifts for his daughter who was leaving for college the next year. It was Christmas of her senior year of high school. And so when it came time for gifts, she opened it up, and what she found were two journals. He said, let me explain to you what these are. He said, for this next year, for the remainder of your senior year and your summer and your first semester in college, I want you to journal stuff that you'll let me read while I journal what I'll let you read. I want you to talk about what it is now to move from this house into the world around you. I want you to talk about what it is to walk into your freedom. I want you to talk about how frustrating it is at times to have overprotective parents. And I'll tell you what it's like to watch my little girl grow up. I'll talk about how tough it is to let you go. And how I worry about you. I want you to talk about your frustrations, your fears, your, your, your fun. Your, all of the stuff that you can share with me. And then I'm going to share with you the same. And next December, we exchange our journals. Great idea. My encouragement to us today... It doesn't have to be expensive. It just has to be personal. Thirdly, I want us to work on giving gifts that keep going and going and going because perpetual gifts expand community. So a lot of you, you will go Christmas Eve to his family's house and then... In the morning, on Christmas morning, your immediate family will gather, and then you'll go in the afternoon to her family's house, or, or perhaps you'll just gather with friends on Christmas Eve and, and spend some time with your immediate family. It just it, There's a whole mixture of how we do this. But I'm going to ask you to open up your view. In fact, would you just take your hand and, and close one eye, and with the eye that's open, just peek through your hand. Do that. You all look great. Okay. What you're doing right now is what I call being myopic. You can only see. Now, just keep your eye open, but open up your hand. Now, see, you just suddenly expanded. I'm going to ask you to do something perhaps you've never done before. I'm going to ask you to quit making this a myopic Christmas because you have your tradition that it's you and that part of the family or you and those group of people, I'm going to ask you to go beyond your family, beyond the dudes that you hang with, beyond the posse that you, you run with, beyond those, that group of friends, and I'm going to ask you to expand out. Peter Lovingheim, or Loven, Lovenheim, and his first night away, In fact, his teenage daughter said, Dad, you're nuts. What are you going over to somebody else's house for? He said, I just got to do this. And so the first place he went to was a guy named Lou Gazetta. He described Lou this way. Lou is a retired surgeon. He He said, Lou is a widower with a big belly who really enjoys his afternoon cocktails, his dog, and the local YMCA support group. And Lou says... Sometimes I am so lonely because nobody hears a neighbor. So Peter says, let's do this. Let's expand our space together. Let's move out where we parked before and let's just create a new space for ourselves where we'll invite others we don't even know yet to be part of who we are. And together they discover a lady a few doors down, a single mom who is dying of breast cancer. While they're talking, Lou looks up and and there's a light over a stairwell that's that's broken and and it's dangerous. And so he says, let me go fix that. And he goes and fixes it. And and Peter agrees with, with this single mom that at least once a week he will meet the daughter coming home from school at the bus stop and walk her home so that she will be safe. Lou and Peter make sure that she makes it to all her doctor's visits and get her to the grocery store. And in their pursuit of finding community, they actually create it because they increased their space. It's the shepherd deal. Because the shepherds found the Messiah and they found acceptance and they found worship, but they didn't keep it to themselves. They expanded it out. Luke describes it this way in Luke 2.17. Seeing was believing, They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. They told who? Everyone they met. All who heard the sheepherders were impressed, and Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. The sheepherders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen, and it turned out exactly the way they've been told. I want to encourage you to let go and open up. Christmas lets loose of private spaces. So I'm going to ask you to do this. As friends and as families that normally get together, I'm going to ask you to look around and find those who are alone and invite them into your space, to your dinner, to something you're doing together. If it's your if it's your deal to 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 have dinner together and go to the movies or go bowling or whatever it is, you invite somebody else but but they're not part of our family exactly. Open up your space. I'm going to invite you that as you open up that space that you as a family and friends begin to do something for other people and do it together. Go online and check out Serve Erie and say, yeah, we can go down and we can help do this in the inner city. We can go out and help this person who's in need. We can do this together. Why not? That is the spirit of giving that Jesus gave us. So, you're a single mom and, and, and you guys are barely making it, but I still think that maybe together as a family you can support some child in Haiti so that he can get some food. What a great thing to do. Right now, I'm asking you to join with this community of faith as we expand our community of faith. If you're here last week, I told you that in America today, we will spend approximately $475 billion on Christmas. That's amazing. $475 billion. At the same time, in Africa alone, 6,000 people are dying today because of waterborne illnesses. And that doesn't include the numbers elsewhere in the world. And most of those are Children. And do you know what it would cost to solve all the water problems in the world today? Four percent of what we spend at Christmas. It would be solved. For every $100, if four had been given, it would take care of the waterborne illnesses. They say that the average American family will spend about $800 this year on Christmas Christmas. If we had just given $32 of that to help solve that problem, it would be solved. But you see, here's the deal. We can do better than $32 because we are the most affluent nation in the world. We think that we're poor because we don't have an Xbox with our Wii. Because we don't have, our three cars are not the latest model. Because we only have 15 sweaters, not 17 sweaters. I'm not wanting us to make guilty. I'm just wanting us to understand the joy of this season. That we should quit hoarding and piling up so that we can overspend to give to people we don't even know so that we might get returned something back to us that we don't need. I'm going to invite you to join with Pam and me and our staff, that as we gather here on Christmas Eve, we are going to bring a gift, a generous gift, the best we can do, so that together as we collect our funds together on Christmas Eve, we can save lives. That we will be putting a water well in a village in Tanzania where children are dying today, because we are, we are capable of doing that. That we will save children and their parents If you can't be here Christmas Eve, I've got good news. I'll take your money anytime. Because we've got to save these people. And if we do, we're going to truly find what the real joy of the Christmas season is.
1: Happy New Year! It was like real creek water. Very yes, very nice Yes
0: I was it, thank you. thank you people very
1: much. Thank you. We go? thank you. That's good. That's good. Thank you. you. Can you say it? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Christmas gift that you gave him to save our individual life by only contributing to the construction of waterware in this community. You know, that would be a great Christmas. And if we can get waterways here, you have given us Christmas that have never been here for hundreds of years.
2: We prepare our heart for what Jesus is speaking to us. And there are those moments that you get the deep theological truths. We've been talking about those. But there are those moments then when Jesus turns to us and he says, now go and do. I've told you enough, just go do it. In fact, I'm not gonna tell you anything else until you go and do it. And so I wanna encourage you. Whatever God is speaking to you now, and then don't do this. La, 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 la. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Come on. What's he speaking? Let's go do that. So the question is, are we ready? And the answer is, depends on where we've parked. Will you stand? Now, may you discover... In the hours and the days to come, that the Spirit of Jesus has overcome you. May you find the joy in giving. May you find the courage in restraint. May you walk in balance and harmony with the Holy Spirit. And may you discover the great joy of giving with relationship. And with meaning and with purpose, with personal focus. And may you find that this is the most incredible, awesome Christmas you've ever experienced because it's one of love and caring and focus. And may you have the power to resist the empire of overspending and the kingdom of more. And may you discover that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever and ever through us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Great week. Great week. Great week. Great week. week.